What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? Hi there, it's Paul, and you're listening to What the Footy, the podcast that takes football fans behind the scenes. Here is what I have lined up for you today. We work more closely with the Premier League, and again, I feel like that's something that we can improve on. Maybe we've got writers that are signed to us who are supporters of particular clubs, linking them together, you know, doing songs, like working on playlists and trying to get our artists on their footballers' playlists. Yeah, man, that's actually just made me think about so many different ways in which we can be doing more with, you know, the football in space. I knew some other guys liked me, but I didn't know it was to that extent. Imagine being a kid in primary school, now it's a foot in Powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that, but then also they need to be represented the right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on, you know, one single source of revenue alone, that being the TV. So when in the league, let's just win this to appease the fans. Yes, Daniel, what are you telling me on the What The Footy podcast? You good, bro? Afternoon, man. Afternoon. It's a pleasure to be on the on the podcast. Start the show with this question, which is, what is football to you, a business or a sport, and why? That's a really tough one. Um, I feel like I'm going to have to say both. For both. me, for me, I think, first, first of all, it's definitely a business. I feel like in recent months, we've kind of seen it being a business with, you know, just how much clubs have suffered during the pandemic. And I feel as though it, it's a business in the forefront, but underlying it is um, it's fans, right? And the passion that fans have. And I feel as though that also opens it up, not just being a business, but an important part of our society. And I feel like football is very powerful too. We've kind of seen how it's been used to combat so much important conversations like racism. I feel like it shows that Football, as much as it is a business, it's also driven by the passion of fans and also part of society. So I feel like that's that's kind of what I'd say. No, that's brilliant, man, because even the first bit that you mentioned there about how clubs obviously suffered across the pandemic, and I think a nice way to sort of sort of start, start it all off as well was obviously recently we saw um, Wolves launch a record label. And also, just to anyone that's listening, the main reason why I wanted to get Daniel on, Daniel actually doesn't work within football, but... I think now we're seeing a big crossover between entertainment and football, music and football. Previously on the podcast, episode 11, I explored fashion and football and the sort of intersections that we're sort of seeing there and the little crossovers there. So I'd like to just start off, Daniel, just just taking your thoughts on obviously working at Universal, one of the biggest record labels and publishing arms, obviously within the music industry, hearing the news of... Wolves launching a record label, being the first club in the UK to do so. I know, I think I believe Marseille did a similar thing a couple of years ago as well. Just sort of talk me through the, the business case behind it because it's another thing that can lead to, to, to revenue generation for clubs. And like, what is the actual value of it all, bro? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time. I feel as though, you know, when this news first dropped that Wolves were opening a record label, for many people there was like a confusion of why, why these two things link yeah. and trying to work out the reason why a football club would want to sort of open up and, and launch a record label. But I feel as though you have to kind of work out the similarities between the two. And if you really look into it and face value, football and music are very similar from the business perspective. You know, they're both commercial entities which acquire assets. So football clubs, they sign players. 
in record labels, we sign artists. And the idea is to generate income, right? And in both of those, you have assets which are hugely influential and assets which are able to really be important within culture. And I feel as though there's, with those similarities in place, the question is, well, why now? Yeah. And it goes back to what we were discussing before about, you know, I think the pandemic exposed to a lot of football clubs that their finances and their financial model was not sustainable. Mm. And actually, a lot of football clubs had to focus on how can we actually generate revenue from other different areas. And I think this is a product of that. I feel like this is Wolves seeing, well, what other ways can we generate income? I know already that they've moved into esports and, and fashion, but I think music presents a really unique opportunity because if you think about it, with with football clubs in particular, yeah. they're kind of one of the most important ARs when it comes to music. If you think about songs like Sweet Caroline yeah. and you think about, you know, the song that's always been played in, in Anfield, these are songs which without the association with the football club, they would have just been you know, as a standalone song. But yeah. I feel when they when it's attached to football, it adds a different weight. And actually, they're seeing that if we're able to create a football anthem and we're actually able to build artists around our music, our, our our club, then this can actually provide us with a lot of with a lot of revenue. And yeah. and with music in particular, you know, it's one of the the best ways to diversify income because you're able to make if you're able to own music as a, as a copyright owner, you're able to generate income from so many different places. So if you think about Wolves, they're, they're Chinese owned. Most of their players are Portuguese. Let's say, for example, they, they put out a record, which, you know, is Some able to do really well. Yeah. Exactly. And then they sync it to a TV show in, in Portugal and then yeah. they've got it in a film, you know, in China. And before you know it, they're actually trying to find different ways to actually generate revenue. So I feel as though this is a really genuine and authentic attempt for them to actually, you know, develop artists that will be able to add value. Um, so that's kind of the that's kind of the yeah. business case for for the club, and you know, I can go on to talk about the business case for the, you know, the artists or the just, people just, coming in. You know, just, just even jumping in on that, I think it's fascinating the way you broke it down. Cause I think when the new story broke everyone's covering it, everyone's pushing it out on, on sort of different platforms. And obviously I think everyone can kind of get their head around why it's beneficial for the artists in terms of like you go to a game at half time before the game, music's presenter will come onto the pitch and mascots will come onto the pitch. Um, so there's, there's ways in which you can distribute the music throughout the stadium, on the club channels, through social media. But then understanding obviously how the value generates for the, for the clubs itself is, is fascinating how you sort of broke it down because when I first saw it, I thought to myself, okay, fashion's coming in, obviously you can quantify fashion, you can almost you can almost feel it, you can touch it, you can see it, you can understand how it works from a merchandising perspective, but I guess with music it's a bit more sort of abstract, if anything, and it's a thing whereby my first thoughts was that, is this gonna be a trend? Is it is it a thing whereby, is it more of a brand awareness piece? Is it a thing whereby they're actually looking for tangible ROI? So I'm just fascinated to just find out for myself, obviously, being in the music industry, are you guys having conversations about this? Do you see more clubs dipping into this sorts of stuff? Like, um, obviously, AC Milan, I know, I know did a massive thing with, with Rock Nation, have a big partnership there with doing live events and DJ Khaled coming over as well. Do you see more clubs dipping into this space? 
you know, I think I think it can definitely be a trend because I feel as though there's a lot of cross pollination between different industries. Um, and actually, we're in a space now where it's very digital and great is very content driven. So actually, we're all fighting for attention. We're all fighting for an audience. You know, football clubs now are, you know, really focused on building the following and increasing that following. You know, they're producing more content than ever. So I feel as though they realise that actually, we've got a we've got a fan base already. We've got supporters. We have got an outlet which we can use to build on. And actually. If we're able to retain ownership of the music, we feel as though we are adding so much value. We can add so much value to a musician to to actually own the music and actually to secure the mo- the most amount of income from that. So I definitely feel that it could be a trend. I feel as though we're going to see more, you know, footballers, you know, going into music and musicians going into football and you know comedians going into sports and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, because it's all in the space of attention and um yeah it's all it's all it's all a wider kind of entertainment business and i feel as though this model is something which is relatively new in the uk and something we're still trying to catch up to but if we look over in america they are much more sort of business savvy when it comes to actually seeing the entertainment industry as what it is which is to actually entertain to build a following and actually, it doesn't matter which part you're in, whether it's in football, whether it's in music, um, whether it's in film, you know, we're, we're all within the same industry. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think um, we're slowly seeing a lot more of that stuff come up in terms of obviously artists collaborating with football clubs like Troy Dean, obviously just recently re-signed for, for Burnham City's hometown club and JK, like a prominent artist in Birmingham, did, did the interview in the official sort of club channels there as well. So... We're almost sort of seeing those little tenuous links as well. And just, just in terms of what you sort of mentioned there, in terms of obviously artists dipping into, dipping into music and, and sort of different people from different industries dipping into different things. As someone working in the industry, what's, what's your thoughts from an A&R perspective when you see mm-hmm. um, a, a player dipping into music and, and producing music? Do you feel like it has legs on it? Is it, is it, is it a thing that you, that you see as a thing that's coming up more or... Which is sort of just over, overall perspective on it, man. Right. I feel I feel as though it's it's a definitely a time as an A and R where you have to be open minded. And as a music purist, sometimes it's hard to see someone who is is traditionally, you know, from an from a from a space where they at the core of it, music, being a musician is not their main role. It's yeah. not their main job, right? but they're entering into the space with an already established fan base. And at the moment, having a fan base is arguably the most important thing within the music business because, you know, we're in a space now where digital presence is so much so important. And actually, if you have a digital presence, regardless of what I think of your music, it's going to do very well commercially. Yeah. But I still feel as though there's a conversation as to how long, what's the longevity on that, you know. Um, someone can start off really strongly because they have a huge following and they're able to convert their following into their music. But if we're thinking about music that can stay on, like the Beatles that can stay on for like 50 and 70 years, 
I don't know if I'm going to be listening to KSI in 50 years. Yeah. You know, he's someone that has a strong following now because of his YouTube presence and that following is connecting and moving on to his music. But what's the value of that music long term? And that's kind of my only sort of drawback when it comes to this new sort of idea of, you know, influencers or, or, or individuals that are stepping into music from these spaces with a, with a huge cult following, but not necessarily have the, the natural music ability. Um, are, are they going to be able to sustain a long-term career in music? So, you know, I'm still, I'm, I have to be, I feel as though you still have to be open-minded. Yeah. You can't write off someone like a KSI who's, you know, doing quite well within the UK. I know the focus for him moving forward is to cross over in America and push over, but he's someone that's commanding, you know, big deals. And, you know, he's someone who is really being able to convert his, his fans from, you know, his YouTube page into, into music. Um, so, yeah, I'm, it's, it, you're, I'm sort of in two minds. I feel as though you still have to be open-minded, but I do question the long-term longevity of, of these new influencers. Yeah, do you know what I think it all just goes back to what's, what's the strategy, really. And I think it's a fascinating thing that I always speak about when I have players come on there and I have people who work with players like agents and sort of sort of reps like that as well because and it's a thing whereby like in football and from a sports perspective we can we can be a bit we can be we can, we can be purists and we can almost say that you're just a footballer just do football but if you're an artist and you want to dip into and you, and you as a creative want to want to almost flex that and go into that personally for me I say each to their own and, and, and go away go away and have a go at it from from your sort of perspective what do you almost look at football and for, think that football could do a little bit better because as you sort of mentioned there is a lot of similarities and crossovers like I think one of the best examples is, is Jay-Z you started Rock Nation sport um, obviously after starting Rock Nation working the likes of Rihanna, J. Cole, Wale and obviously now working with working with a lot of prominent players what do you almost look at from a music perspective and think football lacks that or would you look at from a football perspective and think the music industry could really use that 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 kind of perspective yeah it's a, it's a very interesting question i feel as though what the music industry does really well is their ability to diversify their income yeah and find ways to actually um commercially exploit their rights and, and commercially exploit the music that they own in their repertoire i think in football there's been a huge reliance on ticket sales and support from the fans. Yeah. And the best way to kind of see the difference is during the pandemic, um, a lot of the major football clubs suffered because of the fact that fans weren't able to be at the stadium. Now, if you compare that with the music industry and the, the fact that artists were unable to tour, a lot of them were impacted, but, if you look at it from a grand scheme of things, the music industry was still still able to survive and parts of the music industry were still able to still thrive during this period. So if you think about in the publishing space where I am, where it was based on music copyright, people were still streaming music, you know, yeah. people were still, you know, trying that play, playing music publicly and there were still TV shows. We were still able to get music licensed onto TV shows and synced onto adverts and to films. So those are all different ways in which we generate money from, from, from music. You know, we, the idea of publishing is the, how can you get your music in different places? And it doesn't just stretch to, to those sort of areas. We're also moving towards putting music on um, sort of fitness. So 
for example, there's a lot of fitness services like Peloton, for example, which uses music that we license our music to. And we license our music to games. We even license our music to educational services. And, and if you think about in football, when I think about ways in which they've been able to generate income, I feel as the only way that they're trying to exploit it is maybe esports. That's kind of, you know, been the traditional way sort of through FIFA and how important that's been. Yeah. But apart from that, I don't feel like they've really stretched, you know, the influence and culture that they have. And I feel as though, Agreed. I feel as though that's kind of been, that's, there hasn't been a focus in that area. You know, wherever, wherever there's, a, there's a kind of tendency to feel as though if footballers start to focus more on like branding and, you know, the commercial aspect, then they're not going to be as focused on, on football. But at the end of the day, I feel like, I feel as though, you know, football clubs have no choice now. You know, it's, it's a stage where they have to start viewing themselves as, uh, as a business and they have to start um, being able to really be focused on business development and how can we actually um, find commercial value from what we have. So I feel as though that's kind of the key thing that the music, that the football, football as, a, as an entity, as a business needs to learn from the music industry. No, I think, I think that's quite an interesting perspective and I think that's why I'm really excited to see what Ryan Reynolds and, and those guys do over at Wrexham because they, they've almost come in, obviously, being entertainers, working in, the, in, in sort of Hollywood and they, they bring a different perspective to, to approaching football and front shirt sponsor, TikTok, producing a documentary on the side. So I think there's, there's definitely fascinating and different ways to sort of, sort of almost bring together these these worlds of worlds of football and entertainment man but before we go on to go on to part two man it's time for one of my favorite parts of the show what the fuck are you lying for i've been absolutely rubbish at doing at guessing them in recent weeks so um take me away with three statements daniel and um hopefully i can uh finally um win one for for quite a while of course of course so i guess i'll start with the first one um so I've recently I've attended Arsenal Football Club in using a box seat. Okay. That's one. Second one is uh, my dad's a Tottenham supporter. And the third one is when I was younger, I used to play for the under ten Arsenal Football Club team. Oh, your dad's a Spurs fan. And I, and I know you're an Arsenal fan, but Spurs fan. Why would you support Spurs? Um, and the thought is that you played for Arsenal under ten. So I've never, I've known you for quite a while, Daniel. I've never known you to be a, a baller, man. Um, I'd say, oof, two truths, one lie. Okay, been to Arsenal in a box. I'd say, okay, yes. Um, Perks of the job, perks of the jobs of working with one of the major major record labels, perks of the job. Um, I'd say, I think I'm going to go with, play for Arsenal in the tens, what, as a, in a trial or, or like? Trial. Oh, okay, okay, in a trial. If it's a trial, I don't think your dad will support Spurs. I want to say that's a lie. And trial, yeah, because and what the scout came to watch you. 
oh, I can't give that information, bro. I'm giving too much. <laughs> yeah, giving too much away, man. Um, um, so I'm going to go if that one is true and your dad being a Spurs fan is a lie. But but we'll find that towards the end, man. Just just some sort of quick, quick fire sort of questions, man. Um, what is your favourite football-inspired lyric or song or that song lyric? But what's your favourite football-inspired inspired lyric, man? Oh man, um, it's been some I think gems, Heady One it? dropped, yeah, Heady One dropped a, a, a song recently called Two, Two Chains and it had Arsenal references hidden around it. But I feel like he said a line where, where it goes, I turned him to a gunner. He ain't Lundberg, yeah. he ain't Henry. But it's an unbeaten cycle. I'm feeling like Wenger in 03. And bro, that's a classic bar. So I had yeah. to go with that one. No, that's cold. Your favourite FIFA soundtrack, man. Favourite favorite FIFA soundtrack, man. There's been some classic ones sort of over the oh. year. Some classic, classic ones, man. Are you talking about the game, yeah? FIFA, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel as though I remember when FIFA had FIFA Street. Mm. And I just remember listening. Dizzy Rascal was always playing on FIFA Street. Yeah. So he's won it. And I think Two Door Cinema Club. I don't remember the particular song, yeah. but I just remember discovering them from FIFA. And it's crazy how FIFA is used as a tool to, like a lot of my friends say that they don't listen to a lot of different genres, but football, I mean, so FIFA is where they go to to yeah. discover new music. It's Especially so like indie music as well. Yeah, yeah. Of course. No, honestly, my, my ultimate favourite is FIFA 05. I think that's the greatest, greatest one you had, like Scissor Sisters on there with like some big big tunes man which footballer would you like to see make a make a record oh Aubameyang Aubameyang yeah he just looks like someone that can have a fire verse just just shut it down in a beef and that yeah (laughs) exactly he's got the he's got the swag I feel like he's got the charisma um yeah He'll do it. He'll do it, man. He's got the French rap. I like French rap, so... Yeah, it's big right now. It's big right now. It's big right now, man. But, um, but yeah, man, it's now time to reveal your answers to, to what the fit are you lying for. Um, take me away Take me away with it, bro. Right, so the box seats were true. Yeah. Um, that actually happened before I even joined Universal. That was an amazing experience. Um, and... The, the the second one, which was the other truth, was that my dad's a Tottenham supporter. He's actually, he's actually a Spurs fan. Yeah, he's a Spurs fan. And, and honestly, I feel like he revealed that to me when I, literally last year. Because <laughs> I was thinking to myself, like, you're not, you're not from North London, are you? You, no, live, in, you no. live in South, don't you? South, yeah, South. My thought process was that you live in South mm-hmm. and thinking about, like, how old your dad would be, in my mind, mm. Spurs weren't a prolific team back then. So no. it's like, so, why, why would he support Spurs? So, yeah. so I'm so, confused. So as, it, as, it happens, as it happens, he used to work a lot in Tottenham. Okay. So he used to spend a lot of time there. And I feel as though just, just like being around the ground, naturally he just um, started to support them. And yeah, it's just, it's just that's why there's always been a resentment from him. I feel like it's been very harsh from him. Like, obviously, I've had my own personal reservations for, for, for Arsenal and the way they've been playing. But with him, he's, he's always been quite sinister. I've always wondered yeah. where, is that, where that is coming where from. Where that comes from, yeah. Um, but now nah, I guess I know why. No, that's fascinating, bro. That's fascinating. But yeah, we'd like to end the show with a what the footy question. 
what the foot you needs to happen or change within your space? What would you like to see happen in that sort of music, music and football sort of sort of space, man? Well, I feel as though the easiest way to put it is for for it to just be more proactive and less yeah. reactive when it comes to embracing new technological advances. You know, um, I think this is a step in the right direction to say what more ways can we add value and yeah. I feel like in the music business we can be doing that too you know we can be looking at new technology um new ways in which we can you know add value whether it's nfts yeah. whether it's you know something that is happening like immersive experiences trying to find new ways to like roll out albums and connect with fans I'm always open to those ideas and I feel as though the quicker we can become um accustomed to those ideas, embrace them and be able to work out how we can actually generate value from them, then, you know, I feel as though we're able to be at the forefront of, of change moving forward. So, yeah, I think that's the key thing for me. Listen, Daniel Beckley, what a guy. Listen, I'm telling you, this guy's going to be the president of a major record label in about 10 years' time. And I'm telling you, in, in less than 10 years' time, this guy's going to be at the top. But, bro... Honestly, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for just sort of breaking on that sort of music and football space. I think there's going to be some real value to the listeners. Big up everyone who's been, who stuck around to listen to this right to the end as well. Have a blessed weekend. Thanks again, Daniel, man. No worries. Take care. Thank you, man. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? New Sam Allardyce liked me, but I didn't know it was to that extent. Imagine being a kid in primary school, now it's a bit Powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that, but then also they need to be represented the right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on you know, one single source of revenue alone, that being the TV. So winning the league, let's just win this to appease the fans.